Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing conscious leaders who are living a life be to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your ability to lead and manifest your dreams in this reality. When I began viewing life through the lens of us being the creator of our own realities, no area became more important and pertinent to put that concept into play than the choice of language I spoke. The famous term abracadabra literally translates to, with my word, I create. This shows that this is no new discovery and is actually much more of a redash membering that many are currently embarking upon as this information gains traction in the world at large. The power of the spoken word is so important that it is rumored in many ancient texts to be what began the Big Bang and led to what we now are able to experience as infinite spirit embodied in the human form. This being said, you might ask yourself, where do we begin? How far can this rabbit hole go? And what are the real world tangible results of adopting such principles with regards to language into our lives. Sharing her time, wisdom, and presence with us today on the show is a woman who has made it her life's work to remain curious regarding these questions, and is a dear friend who in the short time I have known her has completely revolutionized the way I look at language. She is a samurai of the word, and her commodity is rooted in the translation of the English language. Her business, Word Magic Global, which focuses the art of wordplay to unravel mass hypnosis, has been on the leading edge of the language revolution since its beginning. However, she has been honing her skills in putting the alpha back in alphabet since early childhood, where she began to have questions regarding language that no one could seem to answer. This episode is sure to expand your mind, heart, and soul to new heights, and will leave you each with childlike wonder in the realization of just how powerful language is in our lives and how much we as a society have yet to understand regarding its ability to create the lives we live. So please help me in welcoming my dear friend, the one and only Laurel Erica to the show. Laurel, such a pleasure and honor to have you here. Thank you for that delicious introduction, Ryan. I appreciate it greatly. Absolutely. You know, I had to come correct, you know, you are, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with your elegance with regards to language. It is truly an art form. And, you know, I think, I don't know if I heard this in Paul's podcast or somewhere else, maybe one of the descriptions you sent, but someone described you as a verbal gymnast. And that was, I think, one of the most accurate descriptions of what you do uh, I could possibly think of. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, a phrase that occurred to me, nimble verbal gymnasts. Yes. I have a vision for um, creating a convocation of nimble verbal gymnasts because there are quite a few of them. People are so adept with the word, but they don't, many of them realize they're playing with dynamite. And we shoot off our mouths. We make cutting remarks. We use words in a way that are dangerous to yes. our own well-being and to the energy, uh, the frequency that we're putting out into the world. And so having not only the skill, but the consciousness to use it to heal and to uplift and rather than complain about the insanity of the world. And we know the world is insane. And 
what's his name? Eckhart Tolle says the mind is insane. That's certainly my experience of, of the chatter. It's crazy. And I keep reminding myself not to listen. Yes. <laughs> it makes no sense. And the evidence he points to of the world uh, of the mind being craziest that the world is the world is a mirror. We've been trying to clean up the mirror, make this troublemaker go away and make this problem different. And yet it all starts in the what Reverend Michael Beckwith has referred to as the sea of human garbage. Mm. It's the collective um, consciousness and unconsciousness that we share. And I look at the fact that the words life's dream and life's stream are the same word, the same sound, because we are creating through our consciousness. And so by cleaning up our language, who wants trash talk in their mouth? It's, it's ugly. And yes. um, why have that kind of garbage when we can, we are all fascinated by beauty. We're all craving love. We have a sweet tooth. Well, we can create that verbally for ourselves and through our interactions with each other um, yeah. just by using the word with a little more awareness. Yes. I mean, that was so poetically said. And, you know, one of the things I've noticed in the world at large, right, is that you know, there's this, there's this pattern of externalization of personal power, right? And there's also this lack of awareness that you brought up too, right? So people are unaware of the ways they're externalizing their power. And one of the ways I've found that's the easiest, you know, and I don't say easiest, it's most simplest, right? Simple doesn't equal easy, but simplest ways to start taking that power back is to start looking at the language you use in your life, right? And, you know, this is something that we were talking about, you know, my buddy, Mark England, before we hit the record button too. And this is something he really got me aware of. And, you know, for you, you know, I know you grew up in an environment where a lot of the questions you had couldn't really be answered and you didn't even really want to ask them, right? Because they weren't really appropriate, you know, quote unquote, to ask. And, you know, I'm curious for you, you know, how did you first get into looking at language this way? How did you first get into having these questions? You know, because for me, from what I've understood and what I've you know learned about you, this started early on for you. And I think this is one of the key points because, you know, they say that if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must first enter the mind of a child. And so because you were able to enter this state in the mind of a child, right, you were able to not only allow allow yourself to have less cars in the traffic jam that is the craziness of our minds and also the craziness that's projected out into the world from our minds yes. but you were also able you know seemingly from meeting you one on one and hanging out with you to be able to keep that mind of a child as you you know developed and got older and so one of the things that I'm curious for you is you know how did this journey start and what did that look like because I'm so fascinated to hear it <laughs> well thank you um I have shared this story on other podcasts, but I, I, I will repeat it. So I, uh, I did a podcast a year or so ago, and it, I think it was called Down the Rabbit Hole, mm. and I set the intention to learn something new. And what I discovered was that I really did take a journey like Alice in Wonderland, and she went in pursuit of a white rabbit, and I went in pursuit of a bat. 
and the bat was um, uh, someone delivering because everything is a metaphor. <laughs> the the what we think of as the bottom line of reality is really a metaphor for our unconscious mind and also for the spiritual realm. Mm. So I like to point out, and if you don't mind, I'll just take a little journey. <laughs> Please take it away. <laughs> so the word literal means um, actual, and then it also means alphabetical. Mm. And so we think of literal as the bottom line of reality. It's tangible, it's material, and yet physicists tell us, no, it isn't. It's an illusion. So I think if literal were the bottom line of reality, then it wouldn't bounce. It wouldn't have a word twin, but it does. And the word twin is also pronounced literal, and it's L-I-T-T-O-R-A-L, literal. And it pertains to the bank of a body of water. So I like to say that my metaphors are literal. They're from the stream of consciousness. So the bat, I I went in pursuit of a bat, which a man who had delivered a sound system to my father. So there's the metaphor of this, uh, you know, call to journey and explore, he told me that when he opened the box that the sound system was in, I think it was a Magnavox monoral, that a bat had flown out and flown into a tree into the backyard. So um, being a gullible toddler, I ran after it, hoping to uh, see a bat hanging from a tree. And I'm not sure at what point I realized, because the memories conflate, I realized that I was looking for a baseball bat hanging from the tree. And it was uh, in my memory in that moment that I saw that words that had no relationship to each other, seemingly, Mm. um, could have the same name. And I thought, what's that about? Mm. And so, and that's called a pun. It's called a homonym, same name, or a homophone, same sound, uh, or a pun. And at that time, puns were relegated to the realm of humor and considered humor's lowest form. And so no one took puns seriously. But being a child, um, I like to play with verbal magnetism. So words that had come and, and were magnetic uh, to each other, they, they were sharing the same sound. And um, rhyme is also like playing with magnets. And um, so I started looking at all sorts of words. And my father was an artist and he used to make his own frames and he had a wooden level. And I was fascinated by the bubble in in the center of it and, um, and how it helped you know when something was level. And then there was my grandmother had a friend named Frank Level. And he would come visit with um, gold foil chocolate in the shape of pencils. 
Um, and so I would say, oh, it's Frank Level, L-E-V-E-L, spelled frontward and backward. So a word that is a mirror of itself, uh, maybe an, a true mirror, is called a palindrome. And, and parenthetically, my father was born in Pennsylvania, and I have felt that there's a continuity between the blood in my heart uh, coming out through my arms into the ink in a pen. <laughs> and and uh, as a young person, I didn't show anyone my writing because I was afraid that they could trace it back to my heart and wound <sighs> me. So there was lots of wounding growing up, but that's what caused me to cloister so um, and, and learn about words. So mm -hmm. everything works together for good, no yes. matter uh, how arduous the journey. So I started looking at words so early, that word sounds. And I remember saying to my parents when I was three or four, I bet I now know all the words in the English language. And my mother said, I bet you don't, and spoke a word I hadn't heard before, at which surprised me. And I said, well, what language was that? And as I have shared previously, it was like scores of years later that I read in a book called Healing Mantras by Ashley Ferrand that in the, well, I have to uh, preface that a little further, how I had such a sense of mastery of that mammoth language at such an early age is past life experience. Mm. And I wrote what I call my fairyography, which is about an elemental being who goes through the looking glass into this dimension and has to deconstruct the language to find her way back home again. And I needed a wish-granting ceremony poem, and that would be very magical and meaningful not nonsense syllables like bippity boppity boo. So um, the two stanzas that came most immediately that then relate back to that book by Ashley Ferrand go this way. With cryptic, cabalistic tricks, I fix elixirs that equips linguistic mixtures to transfix. As fertile verbal herbalist and hypnotist of gibberish, I stir within my crucible all elements reducible to simple symbols that eclipse the prospects for apocalypse. And I didn't know what that concept of apocalypse was doing in my little magical fairy ritual poem. And I wasn't delighted to find it there. But then sometime later, I looked in that book and I learned that um, John Dee, the wisest, most educated advisor to Queen Elizabeth I, um, was working with a cabal of French and English poets to structure rhyming metered verse as an instrument to calm hostilities and create world peace. Mm. So that brings to awareness that it, it isn't just the Genesis myth of this culture that says it all began with the word. It's many cultures, East and West, uh, industrial and indigenous, this recognition that sound and vibration has impact. And 
our word for world is the word with the addition of the letter L. And when I saw that as a teenager, I thought, I wonder if L is the representation of God in the alphabet. Mm. So, so I got started and I was off and running and, um, I just kept getting more and more information piece by piece and started putting together a very big puzzle. Um, I recognized by the time I was 20 that words are probably more closely related by sound than meaning. So homonyms, same sound, more than synonyms are related. But that was such a ludicrous perspective to hold at the time. Um, But now more and more people are seeing that these kinds of echoic resonances that are creating sonograms of cultural consciousness and higher consciousness all around us, yet we have been um, oblivious to the obvious. And, uh, I have been more conscious of it because that's what I came here to do. When I read about John Dee and his cabal of poets, I said I was among them. And that's why I thought at three or four, I already knew this language in its entirety. Hello, everybody. I hope you are all enjoying the show. I wanted to stop by and fill you in on our brand new, completely free to join Facebook community, called the Highly Optimized Ceremony Circle. Now, I imagine many of you are aware of the newest creation within Highly Optimized, which is the Connect with Cannabis 10-week coaching certification program. Alex and I have been having so much fun empowering coaches with the skill set of coaching with cannabis and helping them up-level their coaching practice that we wanted to create a place where anyone could join to ask questions, receive free information on how to work with cannabis and the way we teach in the program, and be able to gain clarity around how to get the best results with their clients in order to become financially independent in their coaching practice. To join, hop over to the link in our Instagram bio and send us a request. It is our intention to assist as many coaches, facilitators, and healers as possible in the important work they are doing in the world. And if you are looking to join a community of like-minded individuals just like you who are passionate about helping their clients achieve the highest quality of life possible, the Highly Optimized Ceremony Circle is for you. I am looking forward to speaking with all of you in the group, and as always, enjoy the show. Wow, that is an amazing journey, and it really, you know, it allows me to give or gain so much more depth onto how much depth I already knew for you to have, right? And, you know, there's a lot of things in there that we could dive into, but, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I really feel is, you know, exciting for anyone listening is, you know, we talk about this power of the word, right? And and for anyone listening, you know, and also for me in my life, what I've noticed is, you know, sometimes I'll read poetry and, you know, especially when I'm interacting with cannabis, let's say, right? And when I'm in my more logical mind, it's more like, what do these words mean, right? Like, you know, what is the definition, right? Whereas when I'm in an altered state, sometimes I read it simply for the experience, right? And, you know, this is something that, you know, you use such beautiful words, right? That a lot of times I'm like, what does that mean? But it doesn't necessarily matter because you're having the direct experience of the power of the word. And so I'm curious for you, you know, we talk about this power of the word. 
What do you think that like the quote unquote definition is, if you will, of the power of the word? Like what is the power there? I imagine it does. It has to do with vibrational energy, et cetera. But like what happens when we hear people like you speak these things into existence? What is happening in our body? Does it act like, you know, keys into locks? Can it open things for us? I'd love for you to dive into that. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's an interesting question. Um, And and question is quest ion. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I, in my fairyography, um, this fairy elemental, Philomela Nightingale says, I'm the very sort of fairy hooked upon a dictionary, not uh, anyway. And it, it refers again also to not being deafened by our definitions or stumbling over meanings. And I have a little blog called The Mean Meaning of Mean. And all <laughs> talking about words mean, and there's mean words, mean. Mean also means shabby and average. So all of these words um, deserve an upgrade. Mm. So in terms of how does this affect us vibrationally, I can only um, imagine about it and I can do that. But yes, I do think it it is because we're composed, everything is vibration. I, I do think striking the um, certain resonant vibrations can be extremely liberating. And um, your question sort of lets me off the hook I have myself on because I am a little, well, it seems I'm a bit obsessive when I write because I feel like I'm composing music. And um, and that music is enlivening and it is informing and it is stimulating. So I think maybe if I'd had a little toke of something, I might go into greater detail for you. Let me just take a moment and Mm. and see. Always um, the intention I have in writing is reminding people of what we already know. Mm. And just like I, as a child, felt I knew the whole language, everyone comes in fully loaded with um, not just the cultural ancestral program, that's just sort of the, the surface stuff, but deep wisdom, deep experience from many go-rounds, you know, many experiences out in the infinite intelligence that is the essence of what we are made made of, and we get distracted, our nervous system is made nervous by all of the bombardment of stimuli and all of the negative messages. But underneath that is a very extraordinary genius. And I have a collection of quotes from um, Einstein and from Bucky Fuller and uh, Charles Bukowski that we all are born with genius. Mm. And I look at, you know, genie us, there is a genius inside us. And um, 
I love encountering words synchronistically. It's like the language is alive and these elemental word sprites um, uh, inform us deeply. So by wonderful chance, I came across the word anamnesis, which is spelled A-N-A-M-N-E-S-I-S. And it means um, the soul's recollection of what it knew from prior lifetimes. Only today, um, it's been downgraded to mean a patient's medical history. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a downgrade. <laughs> so, in 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 that uh, in, in that little uh, piece of what can I call that? I don't know. I guess downgrade and denigration mm. is a picture of the whole thing. We are born knowing we have superheroic capacities and the de- we have the desire to be able to wield our powers for the healing and upliftment of our loved ones. Only, and, and, and I think that the capes and the tiaras are because that's all we can relate to on this dimension that reminds us of our spiritual powers. And then we get, you know, the, the education or, or, or usually uh, um, also a downgrade yes. for what is innate within us. Um, we forget who we truly are. And so, the vibrational combinations that I am inspired to put together are to um, rattle the brain in the sense of the incrustation of a lot of bad ideas. So the truth of who we are and the genius of what is innate to us can become um, recognized and revitalized. Mm. And, I didn't grow up knowing I was smart. That wasn't reflected to me. And um, so I have deep empathy for everyone else who grew up feeling like they must be very backward in this world that's actually extremely backward and intentionally so. That's amazing. And, you know, the the download that got given me right there is, uh, you know, and this is a funny wordplay in and of itself. So, you know, when I was growing up, I used to, you know, ride dirt bikes and I, you know, used to, you know, uh, modify my cars and such. And, you know, something that a term that was used around then to make your engine go faster was, hey, take the governor off of it. Right. They would call it a governor, which is a funny thing right there. Like, you know, so essentially what that's saying, I'll go down this little rabbit hole real quick, is that taking the governor away allows you to go faster. Right. And then we name people in power governors. Right. But the idea that I was getting to is, you know, what you do for language is you take the governor off, right? Like, like if, if language has been like, like with anamnesis, right? Like something that's so beautiful and describes something that's so vital for, for us understanding who and what we truly are, right? Like, Hey, you have this thing called the soul. Hey, this thing is embodied different lifetimes. Use that information and knowledge from within to impact and make your version of life or your experience of life that you're living now more great and grand in nature. And when we take words like that and we make them mean something like a patient's hospital record or medical record, it's like, you know, <laughs> we're putting a governor on it, right? We're making it, you know, we're, we're taking all the, the fun out of it and we're making it more, uh, we're essentially playing small with our language, right? Which I think is like the full totality of what we're speaking to. And, you know, that's just something that came into my head where I was like, wow, 
what Laurel does is she takes the governor off of language, right? Like, and, you know, uh, something that I experience, right? Because again, a lot of these things for me are hard to put in the words. And also I've realized at this point in my life that not everything needs to necessarily be put in the words for me to have the experience of it. And so when I was listening to you on podcasts, and of course, I've listened to all of your work when it comes to your YouTube videos and things like that, which I highly recommend for anyone listening. You know, what I've noticed is that you know, you have such a poetic way of speaking language and a lot of the words I've never really even heard before. Right. But even though I might not know what a certain word means, I can feel because I've done some inner work and I'm aware of my chakra systems and things like this. I can feel the experience. And really what I've come to realize is that that is what matters, right? Like, of course, it's always exciting to learn more definitions of words and these things. But, you know, a lot of times we almost, you know, we cut ourselves off from the experience because we're like, well, we don't know what everything means. And so, you know, what I've noticed in my vibrational energy is that, you know, even last night when I was re-listening to your episode on, uh, on Chex podcast, you know, I've been working a lot recently and been very high strong, getting a project done and everything. And last night was the first night that I could actually like relax and breathe. And so I took some time to like, you know, stretch and get into my body and foam roll while I was listening to you guys. And by the time I went to bed, it felt like I had been lullabied to sleep, right? Like (sighs) it was, it was the most balanced and stable energy I have felt in my being in quite a long time. And so I feel that speaks to, you know, the effect of what can happen. And we know this because music is vibrational energy, right? And we understand that different hurts and things like this that are now becoming aware of binaural beats can affect the human being. And we also understand that poetry is a thing, right? People go watch poetry for a reason. They don't do it because they hate doing it, right? There's something they're gaining from it. And, you know, whether or not we can ever put directly what's happening into words, it doesn't matter. The experience is still there, regardless if we can put it into words. And so I, I love that. It's so, it's so powerful. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I've never heard foam roll before. But, yes. <laughs> uh, together. And I could just imagine you doing it. Yes. And- <laughs> I think we can all become more adept by just feeling into the sound and and not trying to do it intentionally, but holding an intention to do it. Yes. And so I grew up, um, my parents and then my mother's family, all in the arts and all highly literate. So and and because I felt so backward. Um, in my fairy poem, she says, I was born in upside-down town to the king and queen of backward land. I spoke a foreign language, which they had to twist to understand. The king was sowing sorrow, and the queen was reaping grief. I held my dreams but lost my way, confused beyond belief. So I grew up in a culturally rich environment and feeling quite backward myself, didn't recognize that I knew things that others didn't. So I remember something my mother would say to my brother and I about our (laughs) negative banter. And she would say, why do you indulge in such negative persiflage? And the persiflage is banter. And I remember, as you know, years later, saying to someone, uh, some people who were exchanging insulting comments, why do you indulge in such negative persiflage? And they looked at me and I said, what? And they said, (laughs) did you make up that word? 
And I said, no. And it was the first time I had a recognition that because I always thought I was the last to know anything, I, I realized that not everyone has the same vocabulary. But then I didn't know, well, what's in someone's vocabulary? And how do I even remember to to use a more familiar word when these words are more familiar to me? Then I had the experience once of doing improvisational, what I call star-spangled language dancing. I was reciting about 15 minutes of verse to a drummer and mm. moving with it. And a little girl of probably eight years old said to me, you were great. And that said to me that it doesn't matter if people don't understand uh, the meaning of every word, they're still catching it vibrationally. Mm. And so, and that's the intention when I put words together. And so I've been writing, um, I don't know why they're called, well, I know what blog is supposed to mean. It's <laughs> essay is, is more familiar, but I've been writing these essays. And, and again, it's about creating something that's so vibrationally alive and awakening that it, it's energetically enlivening, as I said. And there's so much fun that I have with that. And I wrote a piece called, uh, which people could probably do a search for, find it on my website. It's called, Is Western Civilization Dyslexic? Mm. And it, it starts with a quote I found in a book called The Way of Weird. I mean, first of all, here is backward land that we're living in, and that's where we kill for peace yes. and die for a good time. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's so insane. <laughs> and so then in this book called The Way of Weird, Tales of an Anglo-Saxon Sorcerer, I found a statement in the introduction. I believe it's by, um, it may be Fred Allen Wolf. In any case, he says... When the Christians came to power in Britain, anything heathen was automatically bad. Consequently, everything that had a strong meaning to the Anglo-Saxons was reversed 180 degrees. Mm. And when I read that, I thought, oh, my God, that's backward land. Yes. And he said, <laughs> this reversal not only affected the people and their traditions, but also the English language we use today. So we are... <laughs> Speaking of vision and version of reality, that is very, very backward. And uh, one of the words we were talking about, an anamnesis, another word um, that has been altered is theocracy. Mm. And I, ha I have a, a little, a small anthology of my poetry called word magic, wordplay that puts a new spin on the world. And I have a very large treasury of word magic. <laughs> I just assembled these pieces to illuminate a perspective. And in it is um, a piece called Ipsissima Verba, the very word. Mm. And it, it covers some of these backwords, and one of them is theocracy. And gosh, I don't know whether to, anyway, I'll just do that little piece of yeah, the poem. Yeah, please. Uh, 
<laughs> um, which is, I found the word theocracy where church and state dictate united and governmental policy is said to be divinely guided is actually a homonym, which means it has a verbal twin. The alternate theocracy spelled with an S and not a C is not in every dictionary, which is itself a commentary for theocracy means union of the personal soul with God within, around, below, above. So what need have we for admonitions, decrees, uh, and prohibitions when all are guaranteed admission to the promised land by definition. <laughs> Wow. So, oh. so many words that tell us the truth that have been lost to posterity or downgraded to the level of absurdity. And so I'm all about reintroducing words that can expand our sense of human possibility. Wow. You know, I mean, you you nailed it. I mean, you know, with every piece of work you do, like just listening to it, which is why I closed my eyes when I was listening to it, because I can feel it in my body. And, and the way it feels in my body is synonymous with an excitable, uh, positive feeling, like almost like a, um, a more positive outlook on life, right? Where we can see the wildness happening in the world. And also we can find the eye of the storm within that, right? And I think that's, you know, a lot of people, you know, including myself for many years, fall into the if this, then that type mentality where it's like, well, when the world looks better, then I'll feel happy, right? But that's if this, then that, right? So how do we go about finding the eye of the storm within the storm, right? And, you know, what I found is like things like you were just speaking to there help us realize, oh, you know, the world can look crazy, right? But so long as we are creating our reality with the words we use, understanding, you know, things about soul evolution, et cetera, then the world can essentially do whatever the world is going to do. And we're going to be able to find our center within it. And, you know, you talked about, you know, that the language we are using, especially with regards to English, because that's your uh, area of uh, expertise is, you know, has been downgraded. And so, you know, really something that I'd love to get into with you is, you know, we can obviously get into the topic of how to upgrade our language, which we've already talked a little bit about, but what are like some of your favorite words right now, right? Or maybe of all time, that you enjoy just, you know, that you added to your vocabulary or that you would, you know, suggest or recommend that, you know, especially like I'm, I'm doing this selfishly for me, right? Like what words can I add into my vocabulary that, you know, and also their meanings too, that will allow me to, to evoke this vibrational energy and this positive change I feel in your work and, and start to get my reps in with being able to be a language wizard in the way you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Let me see. I have a list, but the first one that comes to mind um, is Nicodonia. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that's spelled N-I-K-H-E-D-O-N-I-A. And Nicodonia um, is, it fits right in with the law of attraction because mm. it's the happiness that comes from the anticipation of future success. Wow. And that's amazing too. You know, I just wanted to add in real quick, like for, 
one of the things I've been challenged with, with the idea of manifestation of these things is what words do I use to describe the feelings, right? Because happy has a lot of different flavors to it, right? Yes. But, you know, if we're, if we're looking at, you know, kind of like to use plant terminology, the genotype of, you know, let's say um, happy, then what is the phenotype or the, the individual expression that I'm looking for within the realm that is happy? And so like Nicodonia is a certain type of like, if we're looking at flavors of ice cream, you know, maybe happy is vanilla, but, you know, Nicodonia is more like vanilla bean or French vanilla. It's a more, you know, subsidized uh, phenotypic expression of that genotype. I love that. That's well, <laughs> and, and it's composed of Nike, which is the goddess of victory wow, and Hedonia, so cool. which is happiness. Mm. So then, I mean, oh, there's so many juicy words and let's see. I have an article, I think from 2012, on Whitley Strieber's website, Unknown Countries. So if you if you do a search for Laurel, Erica, and Whitley Strieber, it will come to an article. I think it's called um, Angel Food Words That Put Wings on Our Hearts. Mm. And that's where you'll find these gorgeous, gorgeous words that have really been such a consolation for me. and. One of the words, um, I mean, some words I just know before I've ever encountered them. Yeah. And one of them is, well, gosh, in my 30s, especially with a little bit of grass, um, all of a sudden (laughs) people would become transparent. Mm. And I could experience their life metaphor and then reflect it to them. And I would feel that because – and I was – hearing things for the first time, but because I was so scrupulous about only using my mouth to speak the truth as I knew it in the moment, that I could trust whatever came from my mouth, and that this life metaphor was kind of crystallizing a vision of their highest potential. Mm. And then the word IntelliKey popped into my head, and that's spelled E-N-T-E-L-E-C-H-Y, E-N-T-E-L-E-C-H-Y. I don't think I'd ever encountered it on paper, but I went and looked it up, and it means we, we talk about actualizing our potential without knowing there's a word for actualized potential, and that's mm. IntelliKey, and that's wow. also the internal force that compels self-actualization. It's Mm. what cracks the acorn open so an oak can grow. It's what causes the the caterpillar to wrap itself in a little sleeping bag and disintegrate, liquefy, and emerge as a butterfly. So, uh, and as I point out, maybe in that article or another, the impulse to uh, transition from the terrestrial to the celestial must be at least as strong as human beings as it is in butterflies. Wow. So, intelligence <laughs> is part of that, but now we also have our meltdown <laughs> experience. And 
I was once, and that's another word I knew before I'd ever seen it in print. And I was trying to rhyme the word, uh, the phrase, the odyssey, making writing a poem for someone about the odyssey of his life. So I would listen to it over and over in my head to see what um, similar sounding word would come into my awareness. And I kept going, the odyssey, the odyssey, the odyssey, the odyssey, the odyssey, it has to be a word. And it is, and it's a theological argument, and it means a goodness, uh, a vindication of the goodness of God in relation to the existence of evil. So it's like we can go through some hellish experiences. Mm. And uh, I was friends with the woman who had the most hellish experiences of anyone I've ever met. Betsy Taylor. I've written about her. I wrote a book, uh, an article called Optimisticism, Extraordinary Mm. Passages Through Tragedy to Bliss, because, I mean, you find the article and you'll get to hear a little of what Betsy went through and in the process of overcoming the world so that nothing could touch her. And toward the end of her life, and she was she was wheelchair bound. She had had an amputated leg from being hit by a car. And I was visiting her in the emergency room. I think we were watching The Bachelor on television. And meanwhile, these medical techs were jabbing at her with a needle looking for a vein in this very large arm of hers. And I said, Betsy, doesn't this hurt? And she says, oh, I've had so much pain in my life. This doesn't bother me. <laughs> and Betsy was in, um, every time I saw her, I mean, she was in a beautiful state of joy. And in that article, Optimisticism, are some of her concluding remarks about um, life and the beauty and the mystery of it. And I look forward to reaching that level of appreciation from my own experience. <laughs> I, I, I haven't arrived there, but I'm on my way. And the gift that I was able to alchemize from the meltdown that I went through um, is is the gift. I mean, that's the price that I paid. And so theodicy of vindication of the goodness of God to know that anything we humanly experience um, is part of the process of gaining the greater gift of our incarnation and sometimes sometimes like some some seeds have to go through a wildfire in order to germinate and we're in a wildfire now and that early intuition we had of our superhuman capacities i mean this is what is called for now and and, uh joe dispenza has one of his books is becoming supernatural and you were talking about um our our capacities our atlantean capacities And years ago, I was pretty grateful that I wasn't able to consistently um, have a telekinetic impact on the environment because there was so much toxicity still in the mind, and I didn't want to do damage. But this is is the all-hands-on-deck time for us to discover our omnificence. 
And omnificence means uh, possessing full creative power. Yeah. And with great power comes great responsibility, right? And, you know, I really feel that that's one of the reasons we as souls are on this planet, right? Because, you know, when you, when we, when we look into other, you know, life forms, right. And again, this, this gets into some, you know, interesting areas, but when we look into like the Pleiadians, right. And the Arcturians and all these different life forms, you know, and we talk about the galactic federation, right. Which is essentially like the, the one omniscient mind uh, of many different beings, right. Because again, we are part of that order, but yet we're still in a third dimension as a society and as a species. And so, as we start looking up there, you know, a lot of what these beings are, are I wouldn't say fearful of, because I imagine they've transcended fear, but what they're concerned about regarding human beings is that we have so many emotions that we can destroy universes and all of these things, because we still have a lot of that negativity in our own individual minds and therefore the collective mind. And so what I, you know, hypothesize and theorize about, you know, this life is that, hey, we are like alchemists, right? We are turning led into gold, right? That is our quote unquote mission. And however we do that becomes our individual expression and what our unique fingerprints do that no other fingerprint will ever do. But the kind of, you know, subject of it is we are going through a a lower density, right? We're in the third dimension and we are raising to a higher density. And so very similar to how our choice of language, like if we're saying depressed and sad and all of these things, I think like I heard some stat that the English language has more words to describe anxiety than any other language. And, and that's just one thing, right? Then we talk about depression and all these words that are lower vibrational states. Well, as we start changing those words around, so instead of I'm anxious, oh, I'm feeling curious about what's going on inside of me, right? Little changes like that, that we can do. We start to like, uh, raise our density. And as we're raising our density, we're starting to get into higher vibrational states. And then from that point, it's kind of like, uh, what is the opposite of a vicious circle? Um, a, excitable circle, if you will, right? Where then from there, we were able to start using better language, which then creates a higher density. And then we're able to have thoughts that correspond to that density. And then we start to rise our level of vibration. And the whole idea is that as we move into these higher densities, things manifest quicker and quicker. So that's where I say this great power comes with great responsibility. And that's why like you were just saying, like, I'm glad that I wasn't able to essentially manifest everything when I was younger because there was still a lot of negativity in there. And it would have been a challenge to me creating the life that I want. And so that's what I get across to a lot of people is that, hey, you know, like it's exciting to be part of Earth School because right now we're still we're still Harry Potter, you know, trying to figure out how to use the wand, right? If we didn't, if we didn't know how to use the wand, we'd be blowing boxes off the shelves and, you know, messing things up royally. And so why not get our chops down, right? While we're in this lifetime and any other lifetime it takes, right? Because there's no bad or good. There just is however many lifetimes it takes is what it takes. But when we're able to learn that, then we'll be able to move to higher densities where things are able to manifest quicker. You're able to essentially like dream about a red car and boom, it's there, you know, those kind of things. But I definitely agree with what you're saying with regards to, you know, this all happening for us. Right. And, and the more that you change your language, the more that you change, you know, the thoughts that are uh, a result of the language that you're speaking, the more that you're able to change your emotional states and put different thought forms and words into them, the more that you're going to be able to see life happening for you. And I think that's one of the things that you were talking about with your friend, Betsy, that she was able to break through is that even though she was going through pain, she had hard hardship, 
she realized, you know, I imagine anyway, that she was infinite. And so what does it really matter? Right? Like for a couple of years, I'm, I'm in this body and I'm going through this. Okay, cool. I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. And it's much easier said than done, right? Like, you know, we're all processes, not outcomes, but I feel the more we can be aware of these things, the more we can start actually having the, the framework from which to believe in them. And then as we start to believe more of that excitable circle, the opposite of a vicious circle, the translated version starts to get into place and we're able to see more evidence for what we're believing. And that I feel is the magic essence of life. One of them anyway. <laughs> oh, that's so beautifully spoken. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank thank you. you for sharing that. When I first started seeing this hypnotherapist named Merlin in my early 30s, and as I shared with you, that was his given name. Yeah. And um and I knew I needed a magician. And so <laughs> he, he gave, he was doing a hypnotic induction and he was saying, you're experiencing deep rest, deep rest. And I said, there's that word. And he said, what word? And I said, depressed. Ah. And I thought, I wonder if my unconscious thinks that depression is how I'm going to get to retreat and revive myself. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much misdirection in the language. And I asked a cousin of mine who's a psychiatrist, and he said that in bipolar disorder, there was the thought that the depression is the rest cycle. So, we speak about trains of thought without recognizing that not only is that a very outmoded means of transportation, um, but it's also filled, our trains of thought are filled with hidden cargo that influences us. And our thoughts are trained by this hidden cargo, which is why an upgrading of the language is something that all of us can do together. And so just for fun, oh, and here's something else in terms of, I mean, you stimulate so many ideas in me, so it's very Likewise. fun. Good. Well, so I'm going to share, gosh, what? I don't even remember what this piece is called. I'll, I'll share a little poem. Mm, but please. before that, I want to say that anamnesis, the soul's recollection of what it knew in a prior, prior lifetime, there's another word very similar, which I like to remind myself of, and that's anoesis. And that's A-N-O-E-S-I-S. And that's experiencing the sensation, like you talked about, excitability, um, which could be interpreted as fear or excitement. But it's, um, it's experiencing the energy without putting an interpretation on it. Mm. So, because the interpretation then determines how we experience it. So if I can just sit with myself when my body is in a kind of agitated state and just let that, uh, that vibration move through me without calling it anything, that's anoesis, and that's mm. a way to let it pass through more readily. That is amazing. You know, it's so funny because I've 
you know, I've done a lot of self-development and such, but they say, you know, sit with your feelings uh, and don't put a story to them. Right. And of course right. they say it without the negation of don't, but they like, you know, look at this without the story attached to it. And that's exactly, I've never heard of that term anoesis. And now I'm going to describe it in that way. <laughs> yes, that that's it. I mean, I so appreciate the words in the dictionary and and just I really recommend old dictionaries because dictionaries have been so downgraded and they were written for a more educated audience previously. Mm. And so uh, and some of the words disappear that are vital or they're redefined in a way that is um, means nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> in terms of our potential. And, and we lose vital words that could help us discuss that potential. Let me see among my notes if there's any. Well, gosh, there's always so much. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Where is another one of the words that you might like? Oh, here's a fun one mm. is eudemonism and i i offer that it's eu uh demon and it can be eudemonic or eudemonism and it sounds very demonic but what it actually means is the happiness that comes from doing the right thing wow (laughs) that illuminates a lot (laughs) doesn't it i mean acts of loving kindness lift our spirits and it turns out they stimulate the same part of the brain that cocaine does Mm. and so you may have heard me share before um, a word i invented to describe how exquisitely pleasurable eudaimonics are. Um, Freud, well, back to metaphors and such, he talked about the pleasure principle. And that has been kind of the way people have been manipulated, you know, stimulate people, uh, people's mind around food and sex, and you can control them. Mm-hmm. But my awareness is that the more we refine our vibration, the more refined our experience of pleasure can be. And so as you move up the, um, the vibrational scale, and, and don't forget, or maybe you don't know, in the word um, density, if you just sort of move the letters around, you have destiny, Mm. So our density is our is our destiny. So as wow. we lighten up, our pleasures become more exquisite. And as I like to point out, it just means that we can have intercourse, meaning in, you know, with perfect strangers. And the pleasure <laughs> of loving kindness, of practicing eudemonism with total strangers. It's harder now. You can't smile in some yeah, cases. Yeah. <laughs> you can with your eyes. You can open doors. You can find something to appreciate with someone. And in that way, oh my gosh, just turn on your own heart. And so a word I create for that is um, it's a very fun word. It's metatranscensuous suprasexual parahedonism. Wow. 
and, and, and the tagline isn't that fun? And the that is so fun. Is <laughs> and it just means all those words: meta, trans, supra, para. It's all above, 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 above. Yes, it's, it's like, like a ladder. It is. So we can just stimulate these exquisite sensations in our own being that lightens our density and thus opens up a more uh, enjoyable destiny through the loving kindness we share with other people. And I look at the word heart and the word earth, same word. I've asked children, what's the significance, do you think? And one seven-year-old said, well, maybe the earth is the heart of the galaxy. <laughs> with, and, and so, this, which is why I say uh, playing with words in this word magical way can turn youngsters into punsters and punsters into pundits. So, Anyway, um, all sorts of fun words, but I was going to a little bit ago um, see if I remember this one by heart. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Okay. Um, English is the leading software of the Western mind, and it is filled with cultural biases akin to computer viruses that infect our thinking with an antiquated and manipulated vision of reality promulgated by the ancient church as an instrument of mind control at a time when people had to surrender their minds if they wanted to keep their heads about them quite literally. So if we elect collectively to upgrade the English language to a higher frequency, through our linguistic creativity and naturally occurring verbal eccentricity, then ultimately even clatter from our idle chatter, prattle patter, blabber blather and palaver as we jabber gab in Babylon, will turn our glowing terms from verbal vapor, either hanging in the air or trapped on paper, into tiny bits of shiny matter as we gather, chat, and natter on and with new skill at trilling, thrilling statements that instill fulfilling imagery of higher possibilities. We'll finally still the quiet riot of the wild child's manic panic through the mind so we can flip the switch, enlightening every circuit of our consciousness with the electric surge of verbiage that encourages superb and selfless services to spread from soul to soul around the globe by what is said in all the light years up ahead. And then from the islands of silence between all that's spoken, we will listen as doors to the heartland spring open. Wow. Oh my God, Laurel, that is amazing. And you know, you know, one thing that just got downloaded to me that I'm curious if you've thought about before is, you know, have you heard of the hundredth monkey effect before? Yes. So I'm curious if that would apply to language and my intuition saying, yes, right. That as we as individuals start to upgrade our language, of course, when we're speaking it to people, they're going to hear it. But I imagine that 
you know, if we go back to the whole lock and key analogy, the more of us that do this, of course, the higher vibrational level the planet's going to get. And I imagine that would lead to more and more people starting to pick up on this and it becoming the norm, right? It will no longer be considered, you know, uh, what's the way to put it? Like the the exception and it will more be considered the rule, right? Like the same way that, you know, given one way or the other that we've gotten to the place we are now where the English language, as I imagine other languages too, have been hijacked in a lot of ways and downplayed and the governor has been put on them. I imagine that the more we break through this, the more that we can create a new normal, which is just a higher vibration in general. Yes, I have thought about that for (laughs) sure. And I have a vision. I am really calling forth uh, teammates. I have a huge treasury of word magic. And one of the visions for word magic is to create a literary lotto where people are incentivized with the profit motive. And I use both kinds of profit um, to be incentivized to open and download the wisdom that is ripe and ready for our plucking Mm. from the infinite tree of knowledge to come up with new words and sounds that inspire higher consciousness. And also to, um, with, when this literary lotto is up and running and, if you are, if this appeals to you, please contact me and uh, the show notes will have how to do that. Yes. And let's get this ball rolling where people are invited to um, send in new words and new phrases that can inspire the best instead of the beast in other people. <laughs> <laughs> that one letter difference is important. Best of beast. <laughs> Exactly. And the uh, in my anthem called Taking Command of the English Language, I posted it in 2010, the same time I posted the secret spells of the English language. And it gives a vision of what will happen when we start inventing and sharing new language. And so I would like to work with people who want to help create a structure to mm. make that happen. And I, I read, um, I guess before writing it, I, I referenced that phrase, um, you know, commit random acts of kindness and acts of senseless beauty in the poem, taking command of the English language. And I I read online that that was something someone wrote on a napkin in a restaurant in (laughs) Sausalito, California. It traveled the world and it altered behavior everywhere it went. People were doing acts of loving kindness um, anonymously for other people. It still has traction. And as I say in the poem, To be the one to release the dove of peace on a wave of love that lifts us all above our usual sense of separation must surely be the cause for an enormous celebration, for it certainly lifts us well beyond words and beyond anything money could possibly buy. And yet it is free for all who wish to glorify God's living presence as our human essence, and thus to bless the best in the rest of us. 
So that's just a little oh. stanza from a much bigger piece. We can do this. Our articles of faith are in the power of the word. Wouldn't this be the time we put it to the ultimate test when we are feeling shut down, locked down, masked up, jabbed, or whatever we're submitting to, um, yes. <laughs> and, and atomized in the sense that we no longer have, uh, you know, it's divide and conquer. Yes. So now people are fighting over and, and, and both sides are fairly ignorant because the truth isn't coming out. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Censored. I agree. Uh, what would happen if we practice the earth and heart, same word, language. So if we downloaded, if we opened our heart for our divine downloads that and used eudemonism, practiced eudemonism, looking for words that inspire uh, us to practice loving kindness. Uh, gosh, can you imagine what we I mean, can do together? <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, I think, you know, for a lot of people, you know, I've noticed this, I, I went through it myself so I can speak from personal experience, but you know, I think there's a couple different ways to quote unquote gain energy. I think there's, you know, or raise your vibration, et cetera. And I think, or just feel energized. We'll use that terminology. And I think that there's like a real way to do it, which is what we're talking about. And like, you know, meditating, breath work, self-development, all this whole entire, you know, idea. And there's another way that's almost like the sneaky one that's, that doesn't actually raise your energy, but it gives you the illusion of raising your energy. And that is, when you allow your sympathetic nervous system, right, nervous system, to to get enacted and you get quote unquote triggered and then you argue with one another. And I think that the reason we're seeing this happen so much now is because now that people have an online platform, right, just talking about the pandemic and everything too, people on both sides are arguing with one another, right, because they've 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 unconsciously or consciously got themselves into a mindset or heart set where they think that when I you know, argue with this person, I feel energized, but what they're not realizing is that it's not real energy. It comes at a diminishing return because it's cortisol, right? It's adrenaline. It's all of these things that are quote unquote energizing them. So yeah, you'll feel more awake, let's say, right. Or not awake. Isn't a good word because that actually, you know, as we've talked about before, like, you know, awake is where you go when you die, but it makes them feel more energized. You know, at the same time, it's coming in a diminishing return. And so I think what really, you know, must happen for this to really take hold is people to start becoming aware that really all they're doing by arguing is arguing for their limitations instead of actually like, you know, uh, proposing their, 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 um, you know, their possibilities, right? Yes. So those are two different energetic signatures. And I think that that's just something that got downloaded to me when you were talking is that, you know, I think that, you know, one of the amazing things you do is that you actually, you do the thing, right? You state your poetry, you state your word magic, and people can feel the difference if they so choose, right? That is the conscious, you know, sovereign beingness of the world. And I think that so many people have yet to realize that they're a sovereign being, that they can choose how they want the reality to look. I think that as, you know, people like yourself are putting out this beautiful work that's allowing people to have the experience, even if they can't explain it, the more they're going to start realizing like, you know, what's possible for me in life versus like, oh, I already know what's possible and what's not possible, essentially boxing themselves in. But I think as we break free of that, and I think this pandemic is actually the best thing to ever happen because, you know, <laughs> all the distractions were taken away. 
uh, and people had to or, or having to find some faith in something, right? Even if they don't want to call it God source, they want to call it the earth, whatever they want to call it, what do they call it themselves, right? They, they, they have to find faith in something because all the malware that runs in our brain, right? And this is what you were talking about too, the malware that are a lot of the programs that are running in our minds are not able to be distracted away anymore, right? Because now we don't have bars, we don't have clubs, we don't have outdoor gatherings in a lot of places. And so what an amazing gift if we so choose to look at it that way. It's happening regardless, only changes how we look at it. What's up, ladies and gents? I wanted to take a second while I had your ear to share with all of you a very important announcement. Now, anyone who's been listening to the show for some time now knows that I am passionate about coaching and helping other coaches up-level their coaching practice. What I have noticed in working with hundreds of coaches is that coaches of all different types are facing challenges with being able to get their clients strong and consistent results, understand where to put their energy to allow their practices to thrive, stand out in the vast sea of coaches, move from imposter syndrome into trusting themselves, and ultimately make the money necessary to be financially independent in their coaching practice. The root of these issues comes down to a lack of connection with your creative force as a coach and entrepreneur. Now this is why we at Highly Optimized have created the Connect with Cannabis 10-week coaching certification program. The reason that cannabis is the focus of our program is because cannabis acts as an imagination medicine. And in order to break free of these challenges, you must first be able to imagine yourself as the coach that is successful and has been able to break free of these challenges. When you are able to truly imagine and connect with the most powerful version of yourself, you can find the clarity to build your business, your authentic voice to speak directly to your clients, and the faith that you can overcome everything standing in your way. Once you have experienced and learned how to achieve these results for yourself, you will be able to offer this same unique skill set in your coaching practice to support your clients in overcoming their limiting beliefs and allow them to experience the breakthrough results that will make you stand out as a world-class coach. In this program, you will learn the science behind cannabis, how to experience the healing powers of cannabis, and how to facilitate these healing powers with your clients. With personalized one-on-one support on how to apply these frameworks into your business and weekly group calls within a community of coaches just like you, you will be equipped with a unique skill set that will allow you to get consistent, powerful results with your clients, feel confident in your coaching abilities, and allow you to gain financial independence while having the opportunity to wake up each day excited to share your important work with the world. For anyone listening who is hearing the call to set yourself apart and develop a unique set of coaching skills not found anywhere else in the world, jump over to the link on our Instagram bio and book a complimentary call with me today. Together, we will go over your current challenges in your business, your goals for your business, and decide together whether you qualify for a seat in the program. The next class begins February 9th, and spots are filling up quickly to be a part of the budding movement that is cannabis coaching. So book your call today and position yourself as a leading voice of how to work with this sacred plant medicine in your practice. Thank you all for your continued support. And as always, enjoy the show. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. People have the phrase about, you know, I don't have the bandwidth for something or Mm. you have to have a bandwidth. The other phrase we could use is or recognize is, 
the necessity of having enough Hertz, mm. <laughs> HZ, but also um, the kind of suffering that this has brought about for so many is such an awakening of compassion for the suffering that everybody has yeah, at one time or another. And, and that too creates the desire to be, uh, to be a healing presence in someone else's life. And, and what we do for others, we do for ourselves, yes. uh, which is why service is serve us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you know, it's, it's really the idea of, you know, selfless selfishness, right? Which is, I put myself first. And the reason I do that is because the degree to which I show myself love that gets emanated out. And then the people around me pick that up and then they feel better. And then they pick that up and then they make other people feel better. And it's almost like an energetic pay it forward. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, and there's just so many ways. Oh, well, let me just share in terms of a little bit of upgrades. Um, a lot of people who have seen the secret spells of the English language. There are people who've borrowed my title, even borrowed my content, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but what they haven't borrowed is that there's so much wisdom in words. Yes. There's not only the secret spells, but there are the sacred path words. Mm -hmm. And um, that's maybe another conversation, mm. but I want to share a, a couple of words that I, well, so people who have seen it are no longer saying hello as often or good yes. morning. Yes. Uh, I've heard a lot of people saying grand rising. Yes. And I once asked a group of people, what will we do about the word hello when you turn it around? It's so hell. And one <laughs> woman um, who's a midwife said, how about hallow? Mm. Which is fake to honor as sacred. Mm. And so there's ways we can tune up words. We can invent new language. We can also tune it up so that it's truer and sweeter. And so I have a, uh, I've, I've upgraded the word intelligent to intelligental. Oh, I love that. <laughs> And there's a stanza in my poem that I'll put out in the world pretty soon on my Patreon page, um, which is patreon.com word magic global. The poem is called the time of our lives. And it says that particular relevant stanza says there is really nothing smart about a brain without a heart, although it seems to be the ultimate seduction because mm. it grants us unchecked power, but just to bring our darkest hour for it endows us with a genius for destruction. Mm. So, Consider intelligential, which is the heart and the mind working together because they need each other. There are neurites in the heart. It has a bigger field than the brain. It has a compass in it, which is the compass of compassion. Mm. And when that becomes the mediating consideration for any action we want to take in the world, then we can have reciprocal uh, relationships with people. And um, 
that's reciprocally beneficial. I put those two words together to to form that. And and here's here's one you might I like. I should yeah. say cosmosis. The oh, process, I love that. Isn't that a beautiful sound? <laughs> Writing it Cos- down. Cosmosis, the process of assimilating into divine light and love while awakening to the fact that this is really all there is. Mm. And it's a moment-by-moment interchange of sensual, reverential energy with sacred presence. Uh, Did you make that word up? Like, is that one of your creations? I love that. One of my favorite words is cosmos, you know, so being able to add on to that is incredible. And especially what it means. I mean, think about the power, right? And I mean, you know, in the sense of like power, a lot of people have a strange definition of power, but I look at it more as like how David Hawkins talks about power versus force, right? Power is coming from the all, right? It's coming from who and what you truly are, unconditional love, right? Whereas force is more of that manipulation, right? So you know, I like to say I took power back, right? I took that term back because a lot of people think power to be synonymous with, you know, politics and things like that. I'm like, no, that's force, right? That's like, you will do this or else, right? Power is like, I know you can do this, right? It's empowering someone. And so to be able to empower that word, it's just, it's amazing. You know, I I love it. (laughs) Well, that's beautiful. And it has its repercussions for misuse written into Mm. it, which is ow, (laughs) everything comes back to us so if we're putting loving kindness in the world if we're using our power for the upliftment of ourselves and others that's what returns Mm. and if otherwise that's what returns oh yes Well, Laurel, this has been absolutely amazing. It's been a true honor to be able to interview such a juggernaut in the world of, you know, human evolution. And, you know, I want to give you ample time. I know you have a Patreon. I know you have so many different resources for people. I know you're, you know, you're looking for, you know, individuals who want to help you on this collective mission of human evolution. Where can people find you? Where can they support you? And how can they become a part of the movement that you are creating? Thank you so much for asking. So my website is wordmagicglobal.com. And um, you can reach me through my uh, email, laurelerica at gmail.com. Please put word magic in the subject line so I don't uh, miss it in the regular (laughs) deluge that (laughs) besieges us all. So... I have classes for people, writing circles, sacred write circles. Um, Every month I do uh, four sessions um, in each circle. And uh, you can find that on the events page that's on my home page. I have a book, um, a small anthology called Word Magic, Wordplay that puts a new spin on the world. You'll see the two books that are offered on the store on my website uh, just for signing up and being able to receive announcements you will be able to uh, download my free ebook, which is called the book of E, a book of alphabet alchemy. And so as um, Ryan pointed out, I started this in early childhood. I have a very large treasury of word magic, only very little of which has seen the light of day. I am looking for um, animators, 
illustrators who can um, help bring this work out to a wider audience and who are willing to do that with me and then um, receive payment on the other end. So I have got about 12 projects to complete. <laughs> if you feel so moved as to help liberate my time to focus on them. There is a donation button on my website and on Patreon. I will soon be posting my um, poem on the letter S. It's an animation. It's called Esoterica by Laurel Erica the definitive exegesis on the letter S in verse. And an exegesis is usually about an in-depth analysis of a biblical passage. But I did it on a single letter of the alphabet. And it's um, it's a lot of fun. It shows, um, and, and the letter S itself, some alphabets uh, excluded it because of its relationship by its form to Satan mm. and uh, the serpent. So this is about how to reclaim our own power. And so that is going to be available to people who offer a $10 um, monthly patronage. You'll get the URL for that, and I'll soon be posting the time of our lives. So look for that. And if you have something you'd like to contribute that can help create the um, literary lotto that will inspire more people to listen to the still small voice and to download new symbols, sounds, words, metaphors, and phrases that can convey a higher frequency of consciousness in our communications and a greater frequency of kindness in our interactions, please contact me again, laurelerica at gmail.com. You will be so appreciated and it will be <laughs> Wonderful fun to play with you. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I can say as someone who has benefited greatly from your work, guys, for anyone listening, I mean, is there more evidence needed? I mean, level up your consciousness. This is your chance. You have a life, right? You are all in just by being alive. Make this the best experience of life possible by, you know, getting trained and getting mentored by people like Laurel who have made it her life's work to upgrade language, to upgrade our experience of life and to allow our life to be the greatest and grandest impossible. And, you know, Laurel, I have one last question for you, which is this, right? Which yes. is if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Laurel Erica suggest that change be? Okay. Let me go within mm. and, and see. Oh, play with words, play with <laughs> yes. words. There's so much wisdom in them. I mean, for instance, take the word eyes, E-Y-E-S, and see all that you can make of that. Playing with words can make you wise, can make you more aware, can make you more conscious, literate, and kind. Yes. And I will probably do another word magic class this year. Yes. And so do be on the list, but just go out with one of my favorite words that I got by just walking in a beautiful nature setting. And I asked my invisible friends, give me a new word, please. And they gave me the true meaning of beautiful. Mm. And I wonder if I should leave that for everyone to <laughs> come aware of by themselves or just blurt it out. Yeah. I, 
I think I'll blurt. Blurt um, it. <laughs> yes, because um, usually when I ask, people think it's something complicated, but it's always very obvious and it's right before our eyes and ears. So that a true way to be beautiful is to be you too full. Uh. There is no one else like you on the planet yes. or ever in time and space. And the way to be most radiantly beautiful at whatever age you are is to be yourself to the fullest. And I was once looking at the word eccentric and I thought, what does it mean? You know, people have said I'm eccentric. And I thought, well, what does it mean to be centered on ek? You know? <laughs> And all you have to do is put out the question. A few days later, I was reading an article in a magazine, and it had the German word echt, E-C-H-T, and it means real and authentic. Mm. So to be echt-centric is to have your whole life revolve around the truest essence of your being. Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow, ladies and gents. Was that episode powerful and soul-inspiring or what? One of my favorite aspects of Laurel is that, similar to how she phrases it in her own work, just having the experience of listening to her poems, spells, and word magic is enough to elevate our energy levels to new heights. Her ability to traverse through stunning stunts of cunning punning with grace and ease is something I have never experienced before in my life. And speaking for myself, leaves me feeling inspired and laughing like a child at the many mysteries of life yet to be understood. For anyone listening who felt the resounding yes from within their soul to dive deeper into Laurel's work and learn from her, make sure you visit her on her website, wordmagicglobal.com to embark upon your journey of self-discovery and self-empowerment and make today the day you give yourself the biggest gift you can possibly give yourself, which is the gift of realizing the degree to which you do have the power to create the life of your dreams through the language you speak. Laurel, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for making language so fun and empowering for the world at large, for doing the important work you do in helping people take their power back, unlock their creative potential, and become unstoppable in their pursuit of unlocking the power of the word and for being such a bright light for the world to charge their batteries off of and gain inspiration from. And until next time, journey well, be well. Much love over to you. Namaste. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business 
while protecting your time and your energy. Now you guys know that delegation is a business superpower and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.